Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. Glory be to God. If you have your Bibles on today, look at these scriptures found in the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 19 through 21. And then we'll be looking at Luke, the 18th chapter, verse 18. Then we'll skip to verses 20 through 23. In the book of Matthew, 6, 19 through 21. It says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doeth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves. Say, somebody say, for myself. God has nothing to say against you laying up treasures. What is where you're going to place them at? He wants you to do it. So he says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doeth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your heart, or for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then verse 18 in the book of Luke, the 18th chapter, starting at verse 18, then we'll read, skip 19 and read verses 20 through 23. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 20 says, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lacketh thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Listen to what verse 23 says. And when he had heard this, he was very sorrowful. For he was very rich. Eternal God, we come before you and we realize that, God, we can do nothing without you. So we invite you, Lord, into, Lord, this service. We invite you into our hearts today to read our hearts, to to share with us, Lord, what really lies on the inside of us. Where our treasure is, Lord, your scripture says, there will our heart be also. So, Lord, we need a checkup when it comes to the heart on today. Lord, help us, Lord, not just to be a hearer of today's word, but be a doer of it. And, Lord Jesus, we pray that if there are those in the midst of us, 
in these person-to-person services or in the platforms that you've given us in the media. We pray that if they have never repented of their sins nor been baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the Holy Ghost, we pray that this day, Lord, will cause them to do so. And when everything is said and done, lives are changed, people are delivered. We'll remember to give you all the glory, the honor, and that of praise. Let everyone say in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, I just want to go back to this one verse where Jesus said again in Matthew 6 and 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I like to minister to you from the remaining time that I have from the thought, investing for eternity. Talking about investing for eternity. There are two words that stick out in this thought. The word investing and the word eternity. So let's look at both of those words and look at what they really mean. When we look at the word invest, it's to give or to devote time, talent, money, etc. As for a purpose or to achieve something. And then when we look at the definition for eternity, it simply is forever or perpetual, never ending. Uh, To better uh, look at that definition of eternity and to make it live, imagine with me, if you please, a little bird taking a grain of sand and flying from here, planet Earth, to a distant planet. The bird would fly back to Earth, taking another million years. He gets another grain of sand, and he flies back to that distant or distant planet. That will be just the beginning of eternity. Somebody ought to say, wow. (laughs) Just the beginning. So we all have a place where we're going to spend eternity. And believe it or not, everybody will experience eternity. But the question on the floor is, where will you spend it? (laughs) I like just for a moment, if you would, please allow me to go back uh, because we opened up with the account of a young man. A young man that if we look at it in this particular text, we're, we're looking at it from Mark or Matthew's vantage point, but also Mark and Luke also wrote about the same account. And as we learn, this man was rich, young, and a ruler, probably of a synagogue. It was unusual for a young man. Somebody say a young man. See, the Bible tells us to serve the Lord in our youth. A lot of times there's an advantage of serving God in your youth. Why, Pastor? Because trust me, some people got saved later on in life. The sun is about to go down. And those people are the people that say, man, I wish I would have served God when I had vigor, when I had strength, when I had vitality, when I had youth. This is a young man that is young, rich, and perhaps a ruler of the synagogue. It was unusual, again, for, for a young man to be in that position. So he must have had something going on. 
extraordinary. He, he must have been exemplary as a youth. However, he wanted salvation his own way. How many of you know there's only one way, one way to God? I know there's people out there say, there's many roads. <laughs> one Lord, one faith, one baptism. This young man wanted it his way. He wanted salvation his way. And please let me say this to those that feel that you can change God's mind about what he said in his word. He said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Remember that account. He was talking to, a, again, a ruler, a ruler of the Jews, a ruler of the synagogue. This man happened to be Nicodemus. And in that discourse, Nicodemus was coming to Jesus by night, asking him these questions. Well, Jesus immediately brought it to where it should be. Where are you at? Where do you stand in salvation? And then Jesus said, except the man be born again of water and of the spirit, he can not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let me get back here because this rich young ruler wanted it his way and it just wasn't going to happen. You cannot be saved by keeping the law. Ephesians 2, 21 tells us that. And then you can't do it by becoming poor and generous. This was our Lord's way of making this man face up to his sin of covetousness. Remember, he said, Lord, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you know how what to do. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not kill. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father. He said, but Lord, wait. <laughs> I'm in like Flint. I've done all of that since my youth. The Bible said, and when Jesus heard this, he said, well, unto him, well, then go and sell all that you have. Then come follow me. Then you have eternal life. The Bible says when the young man heard this, he was sad. Why? Because he was rich. There was things that he was holding on to. That's why when Jesus had this discourse with him, if you please, he didn't start from where the young man would immediately be eliminated. Let, let me go back here for a minute because y'all look like y'all not aware. But in Exodus the 20th chapter, it gives us what we call the 10 commandments. Somebody say it's 10 of them. <laughs> Jesus could have cut him off at the very beginning. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God, and thou shalt have no other God before him. Many of us put things and people in front of God. We have our little G-O-Ds, and they mean more to us than God. Means more to us than investing into eternity. So when Jesus said this to the young man, the young man said, wait a minute, I've done all of those things. And from the outward appearance, he did just that. It truly was from the outward, the young man had obeyed the laws Jesus had named. But he left out this one. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife nor his manservants, nor his maiden servants, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor. See, this young man wasn't aware of it, but he was committing the sin of covetousness, desiring something somebody else had. And believe it or not, if we covet, we may end up breaking every commandment of God. So this young man 
little did he know, he disqualified himself because he wasn't ready to give up those things. Jesus said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Anybody want eternal life? I hope so. You see, our souls were made in the image of God and will exist forever in eternity. Everybody is going to spend eternity somewhere. But that's the question. Where will you spend it? So with that in mind, allow me to ask you, where do you plan to spend eternity? Are you investing for eternity? And if so, how are you doing it? And most importantly, are you sure of your salvation and that it's leading you on the right side of eternity? Just in case you didn't know, eternity in heaven is a free gift. Somebody says it's free, but somebody paid the price. It's free, but yet and still, Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Sin left a crimson stain, but watch this. He washed it whiter than snow. But it is actually free. It's a free gift. While our good works on earth are a confirmation of our gift, we desire to serve and please our Lord when we're inwardly. Somebody say it starts from the inside. See, that's the thing about salvation. Actually, when you get it right on the inside, the outside automatically conforms. Where we see the struggle is, is because people don't have it on the inside. But when we really get it on the inside, we want to serve God. We want to please our Lord. This inward change came about because of our born-again experience. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. And the works we do in this life will be rewarded accordingly in eternity. Anybody believe that? Yeah. That's why Paul said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all those also that love his appearance. See, Paul was saying, I want to invest in eternity. And we've got to get to the point where we realize eternity is meaningful. Eternity does come with a reward. It's so easy to forget that each of our actions matter for eternity. Somebody said, did you know that? Revelations 2 and 23 in part says it this way. I am, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am he which searcheth the reins and the hearts and will give unto every one of you according to your works. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's right, my brothers and sisters. Everything we do matters when it comes to eternity. And we quickly, quickly, we find ourselves drifting from the distraction, from one distraction to another, serving ourselves. Somebody says, it's all about me. I know that's what we think. It's all about me. But we find ourselves being distracted on our own self, serving ourselves rather than the Lord or his people. 
as born again believers in Jesus Christ, there's no investment greater than that of investing for eternity. It all boils down to this, my brothers and sisters. Are you willing to make the necessary sacrifices of time, talent, and your financial resources that is called for when we invest for eternity? You must be willing as people of God to adapt an eternal perspective when it comes to investing for eternity. You must be willing to take all that God has given you, my brothers and sisters, guests, and or visitors. Every talent that you have, God gave it. You might not use it for him, but God gave it to you. And we must be willing to take all that God has given us and store up treasures for ourselves in heaven. How a person invests in spiritual values that will last for eternity as opposed to investing in earthly values that will be destroyed. And Mark 8 and 36 says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Any earthly investment strategy involves 100% risk of losing it all. Some people right now are terrified when it comes to the stock market because they have invested and it's all or nothing. It's a 100% risk of losing it all. Ooh, thank God there's a better way. Somebody better say, thank God. I'm telling you, thank God there is a better way. What if I told you I had inside information on an investment strategy that had zero, zero risk of loss? And then what if I turned around and told you I have an inside track on an investment that will bring returns greater than the human mind could comprehend or conceive? Is that something you'd be interested in? Come on, you better believe you would. <laughs> you better believe it. I'm going to jump on that like white on rice. Well, let me tell you, Jesus tells us of this and how it's possible in our text. Remember in Matthew 6 and 20, he says, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves nor uh, thieves do break in and steal. Laying up treasures in heaven means seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It means giving of your time, talent, and resources for his glory. It means holding loosely things of this old world and letting them go for Christ. There's no investment more secure than treasures laid up in heaven. There's no greater return on your investment than seeking first the kingdom of heaven. Maybe, just maybe, it's time for us that are sitting here, maybe it's high time that we diversify our portfolio by dropping the junk stock of the world and going all in on the treasures of heaven. The NIV puts it this way in Proverbs 4 and 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. 
Matthew 6 and 21 says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's something about people that are all in on Jesus. They are enthused. They are excited. They are willing to do whatever it takes at all costs to be in his presence. It's something about knowing that that person has already made up in their mind. I know where my treasure is and I promise you, you'll find my heart in that same place. The location of our treasure reveals the true orientation of our hearts. If we all were worried about stuff in this world, this old world, our hearts clearly belong to the world and to the ruler of this world, which is Satan. Because some people, that's all they talk about. How they going to get this? Oh, come on, don't get quiet now. How you going to do that? How you going to achieve this goal? Did you ever stop to think? <laughs> if he didn't give you life, if he didn't give you health, if he didn't give you strength, you could accomplish none of those high-minded things that you have that you say you're going to do. The irony of it all is that it's in him that we live, move, and have our very being, but we don't act like it. We act like we woke ourselves. Oh, no, pastor. What woke me up this morning was the alarm clock. Hello. How many of you know there's some alarm clocks going off? Somebody thought they were going to be hitting the snooze button, and they're snoozing on in eternity. We're only given one life. So watch how you spend it. Watch where you spend it. Watch what you invested in. If we're concerned about the priorities of Christ's rule and reign, if we're seeking his kingdom first, our treasure is located in heaven. Our hearts are there as well. So what will it be? We can choose between two treasures, and, and that's the, the foundation of what Jesus was saying in Matthew, the sixth chapter. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So there's two treasures he talked about, and he talked about two places that you can put your treasure. See, Jesus has no problem with investments. He just wants you to invest in the right thing. He has no problem with you storing up. Because he says, store up for yourselves treasure, but watch this and wait for it now, in heaven. See, I said this on Wednesday night, and I say you're going to hear it again, but it's only what you do for Christ that will last. All this other stuff you're doing for yourself, I promise you, is going to come to an abrupt halt. Right while you're, how many do you know that there are people, they were right at the, the apex of their talent, of their life, of their money-making adventure, and right in the midst of it, stopped. What happened? I thought you were in control of your life. I thought you were in control of your destiny. I thought you had it going on. No, my brothers and sisters, it's in him that we live, move, and have our very being not in ourselves. So we've got to look at these two treasures and the two places where, where you could possibly find them. Temporary treasure on earth. That's where the moth, the rust, and the thief can come in. In biblical days, when we talk about this particular account, 
they believed in that era of what we might call in today's vernacular, dressing to the nine. You were a person of wealth because you could change clothes every hour. You could have so many fine clothes embroidered with gold and silver and all kind of silks and satins. So that's why he used the analogy of a moth eating it. Anybody ever had a real nice suit? You said, man, I'm wearing this for Sunday. You pull it out and you look and all of a sudden you see, what's the, a moth. A moth got to buy. Do he know where this suit came? No, he don't and he don't care. It can corrupt. It can ruin a good suit. So, but that's what he said. And there's, there's two places where you can store up. One is here on earth where the moth will come in. Rust and the thief can come in and break in and steal. He said, but I've got another place where you can store your stuff. It's called heaven. Eternal treasure in heaven can't be touched. Don't have to worry about no alarm system, y'all. Nobody breaking into heaven. So the choice is yours. A missionary by the name of Jim Elliott, you may have heard of him. He was killed by the tribesmen of an Ecuador group of Indians in the 50s. And he said this, and I quote, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You see, my brothers and sisters, he understood investing for eternity. He cared about the right investment, the investment that would last not just for the temporary, but for the eternal. When you get a chance, go and you read up on Jim Elliott. The very people that killed him, God allowed that to open up a door, a witness. His wife, his son, while they were there in that country, it was hard because they were primitive people. That's why they killed him. But after that, his giving up his life now led to thousands of the Ecuadorians being saved. He gave up temporal things for eternity. You see, my brothers and sisters, only what we do for Christ will last. Let me ask, do I have any investors in the house? Come on now. I, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to get into your bank accounts and your investments, but after hearing what we're talking about, we're talking about investing for eternity. Now I ask the question again. Do I have any investors in the house? All right. And, and are there any investors out there on our social media platform? If so, that's great. Well, then invest in what counts the most. You say you have a desire to succeed? That's great. Succeed in servanthood, giving, praying, reaching out to the lost and needy at all costs. You say you have ambitions? Fine. Make them kingdom-minded ambitions, but seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You say you have dreams. That's really great. Are you willing to trade in your short-term dreams for dreams of the risen Christ? 
Only what we do for Christ will. Everything else will perish. Everything else that you put your time, energy, finances, and resources into are going to perish. It's time for making your investment known. Are they for the temporal world or for eternity? In my closing, I want to ask you the questions that I asked in the outset. I want to ask you those questions as I'm closing. And I want you to answer them, but rhetorically, meaning no need for an outward answer. Just answer them within yourself. Are you investing in the kingdom of God? Do you know where you will be at in eternity? Are you willing, if you recognize after this meeting, after this service, your portfolio is kind of out of whack, are you willing to readjust it, get rid of all of the junk stock of the world and get all in on Jesus? I think when we asked ourselves these questions about eternity, one of the things that I think sobers every person whether young or old, it brings it home when we are in a place where we are visiting somebody for the last time and we're looking down on them. And this, this is the truth. If you, to thine own self be true. Think about the last time you were at a funeral, home going, whatever they call them these days, a life celebration. As you got up and you went around and you walked, to view that body for the last time. Be truthful. Although you were there to see them, there was a split moment. There was a time you were reflecting on how will it be when I'm there? Oh, see y'all getting real quiet, but that's the reality of death. It brings to our mind that we are not invincible that one day we too will all be there. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that is the judgment. So I asked those questions, and I hope you answered them within yourselves rhetorically because they are worthy of an answer. The altars have always been open from the very moment you walked in the door, but traditionally, we say we give an altar call at the end. Please take this opportunity to come to this altar, especially if you know your life will spend eternity on the wrong side. We always talk about heaven, but there's another place called hell, and both of them are places of eternity. Let me help you because you may not have thought about it in a while, but the Bible says that hell is a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, where the worm never dieth, where it is black, I mean pitch black. Even a lightning bug could not light it up. That's a place called hell. It's a place of torment, but it's also, and I would be less than being truthful, a place of eternity. That means you will be there forever in that state. No one will be able to deliver you. Why? Because while you had life, health, strength, while you were in your youth, you elected to say, I'm not ready yet. When I get around to it, 
You know how many people didn't get around to waking up today? If you would, bow your heads. Close your eyes. And again, if you desire to come up to this altar, you are more than welcome. But in my closing, Lord, help us to invest more in the giving of our time, our talents, our financial resources for the upbuilding of your kingdom that we may be found on the right side of eternity. Lord, you know every man, woman, boy, and girl that's here in these services. You know those that are on social media right now, Facebook, Lord, and Lord Jesus, YouTube Live and Anchor and all of the other sources that we have blessed to stream from. They need to know, Lord, today, it's time to make an investment in eternity. We ask you, God, Lord, as we leave this place today, let this message ring in our hearts, in our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive, and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.